You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. The challenger, direct from out of the wasteland. He's bad, he's beautiful, he's crazy. It's... It's a man with no name! I got a name. It's Trey. It's My name is Trey! Boo. Trey! Boo. Yay, Trey! Woo! Me! Yes! Boo. Me! They call me Terrible Trey! Terrible Trey! Terrible Trey! Oh, hey, Tim Trey. How's your mother? This one. This is bungee cord contraption. That's why they oh. didn't have them talk. It's kind of fun. This guy's really big. Under them simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. I know you won't break the rules. There aren't any. Remember where you are. This is Thunderdome. Death is listening, and we'll take the first man that screams. Heart attack! <laughs> Thus ends Trey's version of Thunderdome before it even stops. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the wasteland, the actual wasteland, as we are now post-apocalyptic, going to Thunderdome, going beyond Thunderdome with Mad Max, our 112th film on 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me as always, now, <laughs> my lovely wife, Hi. Autumn, <laughs> and our old master blaster, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. As we talked about last week, of course, we're talking about The Road Warrior. We're rounding out the original trilogy, which is now, of course, a quadrilogy and soon to be a quintilogy of the Mad Max franchise. Thank you for reminding us why internal monologue remains internal. <laughs> That's That was the whole point. That was the... the uh, the underlying theme of that dramatic reading earlier, or as I like to call it, a, a dramatic play. Uh-huh. Of one. It's yes. one-man show. Exactly. I, I, I try my best here. I mean, it's just me, microphone, producer, <laughs> laptop, two laptops, uh, you know, numerous you know, hard drives, my wife, iPhone, soundboard, three microphones. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I got to do here. Yeah. I'm doing, I mean, <laughs> Back this, is, to this is all I got. Exactly. July 10th, 1985. IMDb 6.2, Rotten Tomatoes, 81% critics, 50% audience. So it was kind of half and half. Hmm. And to me, 50% of the movie is awesome, and the other 50% is like, eh. Bizarre. <laughs> In a way. Uh, the uh, budget was 12.3 estimated, opened at 7.2, domestic gross 36.2, so it made three times what it cost to make, roughly. Excuse me. No info on worldwide or rentals as, I, as well as I couldn't get it last week either, so... Not uh, much information, but I'm sure it made several million in Australia because this is... Asploitation. Yes. Much like Crocodile Dundee. Yes. You know, and, and you know, Australia has its share of heroes, you know? Mm-hmm. Captain Kangaroo, Crocodile Dundee. That was a joke because he's not 
from it's not. Australia. I know it was, it was just a joke. Uh, Mad Max, Crocodile Dundee, and uh, Yahoo Serious. Can't forget him. Young Einstein. Reckless Kelly. You look at me with this blank stare, but you well, should like, Wikipedia him. Steve Irwin. No, I know who Yahoo Serious is. Oh. He was in Young Einstein. I love that movie. Really? Yeah, I really did. <laughs> with like the kittens and the pie. Let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> quick story about Young Einstein. We've, okay. we've talked before about the video store, you know, the... Yeah, we had getting... it on VHS. Wow. Yeah, it was a okay. good one. Remember back in the day, they'd always have the little color magazine with all the stuff coming out for the month. No, I don't remember that. Well, well Movie Land Video and Walker had it. Uh-oh. Props. Rest in peace. MLV. I yo. always went to Alfalfa Video on Sherwood. Well, well, in Walker, Louisiana, there was Video Rama and there was Movie Land Video. Because we're not a country-ass kid like him from Walker. <laughs> it wasn't country. Walker was and remains country. No. no. Whatever. I went through a <laughs> hailstorm once to get to Alfalfa Video. Wow. Back in the day. Well, I literally rode my bike two miles to get to Movie Land Video. Like, that's uh, not even an exaggeration. My mom would never let me ride my bike to Sherwood to no. get to Alfalfa I wouldn't either. Fucking Sherwood, no. But anyway. No. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember like maybe seeing the trailer for Young Einstein like oh I want to see this movie Movie Land Video got one copy of it and the new releases would be in blue case, bright blue cases and old releases would be in black cases so new releases were you know three, three bucks to rent old releases were like a dollar for five days blah 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 but they had one copy of it so I'd ride my bike up there still not it back Hey, uh, can you call me when Young Einstein comes in? I'd like to rent it. Like they would do that. It'd be nice enough to like, yeah, we got it in. If you want to come pick it up, well, they would never call me for some reason. Because you were an asshole kid. No, I was like one of the. Believe me, the Harris family was one of the best customers of Movie Land Video. I guarantee you. My brother rented Supergirl like fifty times, along with the Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Because of the boobs. Mm, Pippi Longstocking was pretty hot. But anyway. You've always had a thing for redheads. <laughs> Blame Ariel. Blame Disney. And Sorsha from Willow. That probably was the earliest one I could think of. But anyway, it took me... movie. Let's just say the movie came out in January on VHS. Mm-hmm. It took me about three months to finally walk into Movie Land Video and catch it not rented. And then you watched it and you were super disappointed. Yes. Yeah. I, was, I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> the funniest part was the part from the cover where he pl- plays the guitar probably, and gets electrocuted. Like, if you watched it now, you would probably find it more entertaining than... I probably... And I'll, hey, it's 80s Revisited. It's come, in fact, you know what? That's not an 80s movie, though. Oh, yes. Young Einstein is. No. I guarantee. That has to be like 88, 89. I was thinking like, well, okay, maybe 89, but I was thinking like... 88! Really? Boom! <laughs> I knew it was 80s. But anyway, yeah. we'll have to, that, that will be coming up because now you got me interested to watch it again. Okay, let's do but, it. Because uh, I remember renting it. I watched it once, hated it, watched it again. It assured that I don't like this movie. He saved the kittens! No, no, but I'll tell you what. His second movie, uh, Reckless Kelly, was way funnier than Young Einstein. Never saw it. That one, I remember. I distinctly remember parts of that movie that were hilarious. That I still remember, like him getting shot and all different sort of comedic stuff. Speaking of Yahoo, serious. Uh, well, he's still kicking. Doesn't say he's dead yet. Wait, <laughs> actor three, three. Things. Young Einstein, Reckless Kelly, and Mister Accident. So the end. Flash in the pan. But Reckless Kelly was funny. I remember that one. What year is that? Eighty? No, ninety-four. Wow. So <laughs> after Young Einstein, it took him five years, uh, six years to make another movie. Seven years actually. He pretty much looks the same. Yeah. And never had higher than, what, a 5.1? <laughs> Poor Yeah, bugger. 5.1 is the highest rate of movies. He couldn't reach the heights of Paul Hogan or Mel Gibson, even though Mel Gibson's not. But anyway, the Australian. reason I was actually making those funny faces at you, mm-hmm. you didn't say Steve Irwin when you were talking about I was, Heroes I was gonna save, of Australia. I was going to say that for the greatest the hero. The Heroes of Oz. I was going to say that as I was trying to say for I was going to interrupt it again. The greatest hero of Australia. 
Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> and then Steve That was Rover. a thing. It was a thing. I know. Yeah, that's why I, I'll throw it in there. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I remember Jerry if I, O'Connell. I think so. I never I seen never it. I just remember the cover. It. Me yeah. either. <laughs> I remember it the stupid really cover. It looked really bad. But anyway, we are talking Kangaroo. about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, again, directed by the great George Miller. He did have help this time, though, with another George, George Ogilvie, who directed one other thing that I'd never heard of. It was specific to Australia, so I didn't even write it down. Uh, of course, uh, Mel Gibson returns as Max, also returning Bruce Sprint- Spence as the gyro captain, and making one of her, not her debut, I don't believe, but one of her earliest appearances on film, the lovely, the talented Miss Tina Turner as anti-entity. Uh, that sexy geriatric training? No, baby, that was Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's Tina Turner there. Yeah, the sexy geriatric now, You're still looking at the training. wrong person. The one behind William Wallace. <laughs> but he does look so much like... It's the same haircut in this one as it is mm-hmm. in Braveheart, basically. That's just but, what his hair does when it grows out. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Tina Turner was also in Tommy, as well as she was the mayor in the Arnold classic, at least to me, Last Action Hero. Uh, really? Yeah, she was the mayor. I did not realize It was like, you that. know, a brief, like, tiny little thing. It was just like, oh, Tina Turner showed up. Uh, <laughs> Frank Thring was, was a collector. He was also in Ben-Hur and the Vikings. Angelo Rosito was master. He was also in... He was the midget character. Excuse me, the little person character. Thank you. Uh, he was also in Freaks and also the Disney adaptation from the 80s of Something Wicked This Way Comes. Uh, the other half of the dynamic duo of Master Blaster, Blaster himself, Paul Larson, uh, he was in nothing else of note. It's weird that Disney put out a Ray Bradbury movie. <laughs> Especially that story. Uh, and Robert Grubb was Pig Killer. He was also in another film with Mel Gibson, uh, Galpoli. Gallipoli. Gallipoli? Gallipoli? Yep, there you go. Something like that. We'll go with that. Some foreign city name from World War II. But, uh, Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, he was, the, he was the Monopoly guy. Yeah. But, okay. But anyway, I expressed my adoring love for the Road Warrior last week. Uh-huh. And how it, Road Warrior still holds up, still is a great action movie. Yep. Uh, Thunderdome, uh-uh. upon rewatching it, I would disagree. Half of it is amazing still. But the second they put him on that horse with that bizarre Mardi Gras mask, pinata head, and sent him think into of the Frank. desert. Yeah, that movie, Frank. <laughs> uh, recent movie. Uh, this the second half of the movie. It's not bad, but it. It's I just weird. don't like where it goes. It's a totally different movie. Yeah, which I mean. I don't like it. There's too many kids. But it's like it becomes Hook. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, a that's better version exactly, of a more adult version of Hook. That's exactly what I thought. I was like the Lost Boys. Yeah, but uh, as we mentioned last week, George Miller really kind of wanted to do his own spin on the Lord of the Flies novel and make it post-apocalyptic. And as he was developing it, it kind of became like, why, hey, why don't, why isn't Max the one that finds the kids? And thus we have Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, of course, first half of the movie is in Barter Town, Thunderdome. You know, you have the, all the, the classic lines for the most part: two mm-hmm. men enter, one man leave. Yeah. Uh, Master Blaster, you know, all that kind of, all that kind of fun stuff. Yep. And then he gets his hair cut, and he becomes a, a glorified babysitter. Yeah. Still an action-packed babysitter, but I remember as a, distinctly as a kid on TBS or TNT, whichever, would be playing Road Warrior and then Thunderdome, pretty much once it got to him on the horse, mm-hmm. I'd usually switch it to USA Up All Night and see what Ronda Shear had for me. Yeah. Which was usually the class of Newcomb High or some other bizarre trauma movie or something not... Not very good. Not as good as Thunderdome. But, of course, we did rewatch it recently for the podcast. And I definitely like it more as an adult because being more adult and seeing what the, you know, kind of what the theme of the story is, 
Uh, so it's uh, to me, Thunderdome is it's better now as a whole than it was as a kid. Because a kid, half of it, I, I didn't, I did not like the second half. Period. Turned it off. Like yeah. didn't even want to watch it after watching it one time. Well, because my mom wasn't feeling it when I was a kid, I never really watched the whole thing as far as I remember. And then we tried to watch it. Well, we did watch it very recently, and I definitely fell asleep. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. So there, now, there's, what's your rating? How many sleep? How many Z's came out of your mouth? <laughs> I get six Z's. Put me to sleep in six minutes. And we'll get to that later. But uh, Jesse, have you seen Thunderdome no. at all? I skipped this one. Uh, it's worth watching now. Uh, as a kid, it would definitely be like we were just saying. Uh, it's not one. It wasn't the favorite. Wasn't Which is the weird best one. because you would think kids would be like, "Kids, I identify with this. I want to see what happens." But they weren't. They were like, "Ugh, kids." Well, also, again, these kids don't have boobs. That could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's also being prefaced because usually when this would play on one of the cable channels, they would play the Road Warrior right before it. Mm. So it's like two hours of action, and then forty-five minutes of action, and then what? What's this? And then you know, action at the end. But it's, it's not the action of this movie is not like the action at the end of the Road Warrior, where stunt men are dying practically. Yeah. You know, and people <laughs> are getting brutally run over. And yeah, we miss those days. Yeah. So uh, it was, it's still a good movie. It's not bad. Uh, and let's be honest. I think it's not bad, but I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the weakest. <laughs> I mean, no, I take it back. It's uh, I, I'd say the first one's like the weakest. Next weekend, if you were like, let's watch Road Warrior, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, of course. Nobody should ever have a reason not to watch it unless they're dead. But if dead. you said, let's watch Thunderdome, I think I'd like slap you. No, I'd love to watch the first half of Thunderdome. It's awesome. The first <laughs> half is still half awesome. Thunderdome. Okay, it is. Like him, and then we can go out to eat. <laughs> him going into Barter Town and everything, and you know the whole Thunderdome part. It's awesome. That's like you know more typical Mad Max. Yeah. Taking into consideration the Road Warrior as the example. Yeah, yeah. But then the second half, it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just uneven uh, as far as like the tone goes. Which is, I mean, there are other films that do that too. Dust Till Dawn, for example. Halfway through, oh shit, it's a vampire movie. Everything goes. If you great. didn't see the trailer, yeah, both of the movies in Dust Till Dawn are good. Both of the movies in Thunderdome <laughs> are good. They're just too real. They're too. They're more drastically different than the example of Dust Till Dawn. I don't know. I mean, it's still an action movie, but it's you know it becomes a bit of a, a more tamer action movie. And also, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, PG thirteen, Road Warrior R. So there is a difference there. It's still pretty. Pretty rough, you know, pretty badass PG-13 movie uh, for the most part. I mean, people getting shot up with arrows and, you know, some people getting run over for the most part uh, like that. But, uh, you know, I I think anybody would, I think any fan of the Mad Max series would probably agree that, you know, it's not, definitely not the best, but it's definitely not the worst in in the grand scheme. But also, you know, they're making another Mad Max now after, you know, I think the tagline for the next one is The Wasteland. But, you know, you can't keep making, you have to... It's the saga of Mad Max is it's basically the adventures of this character. Yeah. You know, it, it could be a it could it should, you know it could be you know Mad Max in the Temple of Doom. You know, I mean Mad Max Beyond mm-hmm. Thunderdome. It's all like a different Mad Max and the Lost Boys. That's basically mm-hmm. you know Mad Max never never you know whatever, exactly. But you know, that's one thing I like about the series that each one is really kind of diff is really different with the exception well, yeah. of Road Warrior and Fury Road. You know, those are like that's the same. The Fury Road is the child of Terminator Two and. Road Warrior, you know, I mean, it's those are very similar, but the original Mad Max is really a drama revenge movie. Yes. And then the second one is full out action. Yeah. The third one is action, and then you know, a lighthearted action drama, so to speak. You know, it's not heavy handed. Family. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, the character. What's central to the character of Max? He lost his wife and his kid. Yeah. That and and now he's all he wants to do is survive. Yeah. And that's why there's the little things in Fury Road. There's the, him coming across the children in this one because he, he's you know he's, he's he's trying to survive for himself. Then finally he realizes, you know, like got to save these kids. Huh? You got to do something. Can't let them you know leave them to their own devices because that's his character, which. They were probably doing okay without him. I mean, they obviously were, but they had, you know, they had their whole myth, which was, I think, was awesome because, again, these all the kids. What's really cool about this movie, as an adult watching it, is that the kids have no concept of the world before, yeah, the World, world War Three. That's where they're, you know, her little thing was like a television where yeah. she was putting it over the, you no, know, yeah, that how they interpreted, really, really cool. interpreted stuff. Yeah, that was and awesome. Like He's like, hey, that's not that. It's a plane. The little changes to their language and stuff. Yeah, hmm. was, you know, that's really. And as a kid, I didn't give a shit. Right. It's like get in your fucking car and start doing, you know, <laughs> just get, shoot everyone. Exactly. You know. But as an adult, I really like this one more than I did as a kid. So it's definitely worth revisiting. What is it? Mad Max. A gecko. Family Dome. <laughs> full, no, it's the full house one. <laughs> Everywhere. That's you, in fact, you can edit the second half of the movie with the theme song. Totally. <laughs> Instead of showing them driving on the bridge, they're all on the big train at the end. Yeah, you could somebody that's probably done on YouTube. Who knows? Whatever happened to running water? <laughs> <laughs> the milkman telephones, color TVs, electricity. It's all about gasoline. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, this one uh, in closing, as far as like the recollection of it, it's it, to me this more so. I mean, I, you remember the Road War? You remember how awesome it is? But yes. this is one that, like, I think most people, unless you really, really loved it as when you were younger in our demographic, you know, you probably haven't seen it in a long time. It's definitely worth revisiting as an adult for, you know, a different take on it. It definitely has, definitely yeah. is better as an adult. Right. But anyway, uh, the trivia on it and all that kind of fun stuff like we always love to do here on 80s Revisited. We kind of talked about uh, the whole uh, Lord of the Flies thing already. But uh, the reason there's two directors on this film is that while they were filming... <laughs> because it's two different movies. <laughs> well, in a sense, yes. But that's not... I mean, it was... Uh, the main reason is uh, George Miller lost interest in the project after his good friend and producer, Byron Kennedy, was actually killed in a helicopter crash while location scouting for this film. Mm. Oh, how Which sad. is, A, at the end of the movie, you see for Byron at the end before the credits. No, I was asleep by then. I didn't see that. <laughs> uh, I think you were actually awake. You just weren't looking at the screen because you were heading to the bed. <laughs> I might have just woken up and decided to go to bed. Yeah, but uncanny ability of being, quote unquote, asleep, and then the second the credits roll, oh, okay, let's go to bed. Well, because I'm so worried about pretending that I wasn't asleep. Because if I do fall asleep and you realize it, you hit me. You hit me. That, that's not you true. You hit me so hard. That's not true. It's so not true. You give me a bad name. Ladies revisited. Right. Gmail.com. Right. I want to get a letter from like the battered women's shelter. Like, <laughs> you bastard. Your but wife can't speak out, but charges know, are now filed. You like shake me or something to be like, wake up. No. No. To be honest, my wife forcibly puts her head in my lap and makes me play with her hair. Uh-huh. I have to forcibly, gently, without hurting her, lift her up just to get up if I need to go to the bathroom or get a beer or something. Or if you see him asleep. Yeah. Because I want you to watch it so we can talk about it. Anyway, again, this isn't marital bliss with <laughs> Autumn Harris and Trey Harris. We say he's revisited. But anyway. Jesse's actually a skilled marriage counselor. <laughs> yeah, and this is True. all part of the therapy. Yeah. Every <laughs> guys and talk. The whole time. He actually chooses these movies. He does. Based on a certain issue that we have. Uh-huh. Like, for example, you you really want children. I'm like, I don't kind of want them. So <laughs> this film is meant to make me realize, like, if I was confronted with a whole bunch of kids, I would obviously feel responsible and have to yeah. lead them to glory. Totally. Because their crazy mother would be pursuing them. <laughs> you would rise up to the challenge if I tricked you into a pregnancy is what you've learned. 
I can't believe this experiment is worked. <laughs> <laughs> He's like talking to a little tape recorder. <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> film 112, finally, progress. <laughs> but it, anyway, the reason two directors... Uh, also is, car seats. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> Safety first. The importance of car seats. Yeah. But, uh... We're learning. The reason there's two directors is pretty much Miller pretty much focused solely on a lot of the action sequences in the film, whereas the second director, Ogilvy, did more of the other stuff, you know, handled more oh, mundane tasks. the lame task. stuff? Yeah. Like the story and plot and things? No, because George Miller conveys a lot of story in his action sequences. See Mad Max Fury Road. I'm at the boring part of the story. God. Uh. It's not boring. It's just, it's, it's, it's night and day when you're, when you're, because that's the that thing. That was a terrible movie. Night and day? Yeah. Oh, wait, well, who, who, <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise and, Cameron and Diaz. Yeah, I never saw it. I just saw, like, the trailer, and it looked ridiculous. Uh-huh. There's also a Cary Grant movie called Nine Day. No. Was it a remake? Oh, no. It's, yeah, because uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> was K-Night. Yeah. K-Night. K-Night. Yeah. K-Night. I've never seen it. Yeah. I just remember there's something, there's something ridiculous with the motorcycle in the trailer or something, yeah. and I was like, I don't want to see it. And he has to, like, feel her boobs or they'll crash or something. I mean, I like Tom Cruise. It's just, I didn't, I never... That's not one that appealed to me. But anyway. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so, you know, that's why the film's dedicated to the producer at the end. And remember, if you remember last week, which I hope you do, we talked about Max's costume. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, You just yeah, say yeah, things. See, so, so you just, your mouth is faster than your brain. Uh, but anyway, we talked about how his costume reflected what he had been through yeah. in the original Mad Max. And I mentioned it was a very obscure uh, character visual thing for Mel Gibson in this film that related to part two. And if you correctly guessed that the pupil in his left eye is permanently dilated, you were correct. What? Uh, it's a nod to part two when his car is forced off the road by Wes, which is Vernon Wells, and he crashes and he suffers an injury to his eye, his left eye. The disparity is easier to see in the close-ups. Pretty much the only way you can really see it really easily is in the H- if you watch an HD copy when he looks down on Thunderdome when uh, he's talking to Tina Turner for the first time. And you see a close-up of his face. You can see one eye. His left eye is dilated. Which is reflects an injury on the first one, a very obscure injury, but nonetheless, that's the attention to detail they put into this character, which is really unheard of these days as far as like films go. They just you know, oh, this character changed an outfit. You know, there's no yeah, there's no you know, mate, Neo just changes his outfits. Right. Uh, you know, Captain America changes with... his outfit in every single movie. You know, it's not like oh, he still has that. What's going on? Yeah, she. Nothing. Just no. a cat. There's some pussy hijinks going on in here. Cat and a Get your minds out of the gutter. Talking about cat. My wife is. I hate that look. You're hilarious. I hate that look that you're giving me right now. You're so funny. Uh, I bet people at home are hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they're hearing. I keyed. I keyed. <laughs> uh, mentioned that you know the Lord of Flies crap. Talked about it already. Would you care to guess how much Tina Turner's outfit weighed? The Just rags. To, no, uh, those weren't rags. She look had like a corset on or something? Look, uh, Jesse's going to take a photo right there and just give okay. you an idea. Oh, it's chain mail. Yeah. Oh, like 25 pounds. No, uh, I'm going to go with like 70 pounds. You're both wrong. 121 pounds. That's more than she I was about to then. say, I'm willing to bet that costume was heavier than her. Because she, um, that was like her skinny years. Yeah. But also, I mean, she didn't, she was walking around in it. So Holy she was carrying on 121 crap. pounds and didn't even show it. So... Damn, girl. And it's all on our shoulders. Damn, girl. Jesus. 
Mm. That makes me uncomfortable. My back hurts. Now, granted, a lot of times she is sitting. She's sitting on a little chair. But, I mean, there well, are no scenes shit. where she's... No, but I'm saying she's, there are scenes where she's walking around with it. Now, of course, movie magic, part of it might have been off for those scenes or whatever. But there are a few yeah, long yeah, shots yeah. to where... She's wearing no pants in this shot right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a newscaster. Yeah. She's wearing underwear on <laughs> the top. But, yeah, 121 pounds. And I would hope everyone here used to watch MTV back when they actually played music videos or VH1, whatever your poison was. But hopefully our younger fans might remember a rapper by the name of Tupac Shakur. Most of you just know him now as that hologram character from uh, Burning Man or whatever. That uh, Was it Snoop Dogg did? I have no idea. Somebody did the, the performance with the hologram of Tupac. Uh, I think it was Snoop, Snoop. Dogg. Yeah, yeah that's I what I thought. So, but before he was a hologram, he was a legitimate rapper. One of the best, if I might add, in my limited knowledge of the rap genre. But one of my favorites. But anyway, he had a video along with Dr. Dre, who you might recognize, who before producer Young Kids was also a rap star in and of himself with his hit album, The Chronic, which introduced the world to Snoop Dogg, a.k.a. Snoop Lion, a.k.a. back <laughs> to Snoop Dogg now, I think. Yeah, but uh, depends what he's releasing. Yeah, but anyway, uh, if you've seen the video for California Love, obviously it's Mad Max inspired. I always thought that when I saw it back in the day. I'm sure uh-huh. as you did as well. But here's the fun, here's the cool thing. The set where they sh- the area they shot it was the same exact set from Thunderdome. That in the vi- in the music video, that is Thunderdome. That is the real Thunderdome behind them. It wasn't recreated for the f- uh, video. It was the real one. The real Thunderdome still stands, at least at the time of this shooting. Crazy. So I don't know if it still is. I'm gonna have to find. Well, actually, was that welcome Australia. under Oakland sign still there? <laughs> I don't know. Certainly hope so. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is pretty interesting. George Miller was actually given the rights to uh, The Road Warrior and Thunderdome to get him to back out of directing Contact, which is uh, the one starring uh, Jodie Foster and oh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, he gave up the rights to it? Yeah. Well, he was hmm. set on to direct it, direct Contact, but they said, hey, instead of directing it, we want to get... I think Zemeckis ended up doing it, actually, I want to say. But to get him to get Miller to back out of it, they gave him the rights to pretty much his Mad Max film. So he is the right holder. He owns the rights oh, that's cool. to Mad Max. I don't know if he still does or if he had to sell it to whatever studio did Fury Road or if it was a joint you know collaboration where he still mm-hmm. owns the rights. But yeah, he put, which is awesome because it's so rare. Uh, it's like a wrestler goes in. You know, yeah. You don't the Ultimate Warrior, perfect example. He had a cha- You know, he changed his name to Warrior so he could go around billing himself as not Ultimate Warrior but the Warrior. Yeah, kind of a you know you can't yeah. now that and this freed Miller up to work on future Mad Max projects, which of course eventually led to the best film of the year, Mad Max Fury Road, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, rounding it out, this in this is pretty obvious. This was obviously the first film made with American financing. Yeah, which is why you kind of see, which is basically why you see Tina Turner. Yeah, in the film and such. But uh, score wise, Autumn, how many how many Z's do you give it from the comic book of you sleeping while watching? The second half. Jeez, I don't know, like three totes off. Okay, (laughs) whatever that means. Take pretty slow and sleepy. Yeah, means they're sleepy all the time. Yeah. So, gotcha. Any particular color to this sloth, or is it just a normal sloth? It's just a slothy sloth. Okay, so he paid attention for the first thirty minutes, and then just Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instantly fell asleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got through the first little part where they introduce the kids, and she does the little melodrama with the TV and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they bring out the viewfinder, but um, shortly thereafter, I was out. I do not snore. Baby, I can't imitate you sleeping <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> I have to do sound effects. You could shut up. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, 
uh, I'd give it a solid seven. Like if the kid me was rating it, I'd give it a five because half of the movie is amazing as a kid. Yeah. The other half didn't care for it. But as an adult, I think it's again. If you take away anything from this one, if you're not a, or you haven't seen this one in a while or never seen it, it's much better as an adult. It's much more worth watching now than it was as a kid because you kind of understand the theme and the, you know the whole overall story more. More so than you probably did when you were a child. Unless you were, you know, I don't know. People look at things differently. Maybe you love the second half of the movie. Let us know. 80sVisited at gmail.com. But in the real world, again, this film released July 10th, 1985. On the same day, the Greenpeace vessel, the Rainbow Warriors, speaking of warriors and wow. not of roads, uh, it was bombed and sunk in Auckland Harbor by French GGSE agents. agents In Auckland, that's Australia, isn't it? Auckland, New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah, somewhere in there. So, hey, strangely enough, a boat called the Rainbow Warrior gets sunk off New Zealand. So, eh, kind of fitting, I guess. Sure. Okay, whatever. Moving on. Anyway, back to the future this week. As we talked about last week where we, you know, we, gave, we gave our thoughts on Jurassic World a yeah. couple weeks ago, um, over a month ago now, of course, because we had a delay due to vacations and uh, Jesse becoming a famous game creator. Uh... Last week we talked about our actual thoughts on Jurassic World, and I believe we also kind of went over the how ridiculous we thought the Terminator Genesis trailer was. And, of course, since then we have seen that as well. Jesse, have you seen Terminator Genesis? Nope. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't give a fuck if I spoil it for you. It's <laughs> dumb. That's what I've heard. No, but uh, even though it has a 7 on IMDb. That I'd... is purely based on the nostalgia <laughs> Of the demographic of person that goes on IMDb and rates movies and leaves um, reviews, this that like the more people see it, the lower that rating's gonna go. That is purely based on nostalgia, and I totally believe that. Speaking as a Terminator fan, see? excellent. You're the not a fucking. You're not perfect. a Terminator fan if you say that. Sorry, no. <laughs> you're you're give me your fucking geek card. No. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. As in and pure by, entertainment. Exactly. I enjoyed seeing Arnold as a Terminator. Yeah. Again, as a film. Because it in, makes you feel young and good on the it's inside. Just, you have a, every time he's on the screen, you have a smile on your face. Yeah. He is awesome. And not because his lines are stupid. No, I mean that's that's part. That's the Terminator. You know, this yeah. this was honestly like a TV movie Terminator. It, this this is a child friendly Terminator film, which mm. doesn't go with the Terminator series, and that's where my my distaste for this film comes in. It's so that all the people that grew up on T2, who are now adults with children, can share Terminator with their own kids. Like I said, purely nostalgia. Yeah, but here's the deal. <laughs> Don't show your kids this movie. Show them Terminator 2, like our parents did. I remember, I think Terminator 2 came out in 92, I want to say, early 90s. Yeah, I would believe Because that. it was a big fucking deal when you, the next day 91. that you went, 91, it was a huge deal on the playground when you came, went back to school the day after seeing that movie and you could join in the conversation with everybody. That was like a badge of honor, pretty much, on the playground. It's of an, still a, very for, watchable. Oh, it's still one of the best. It's still one of the best action movies ever made, bar none. But uh, anyway, regarding uh, Terminator Genesis, is is it worth seeing? Yes, but I don't like it. I my hate for it comes from simply because it's not a Terminator movie. It's a comedy. Hmm. It's it. Every character it's in the like film is popping jokes. Version. And Amelia Clark, she's awesome on Game of Thrones. She is not. She is no fucking Sarah Connor. I'm sorry. She is not that. She is not a Sarah Connor. She is terrible in this movie. 
I'm I don't make casting decisions. I'm not a big budget mm-hmm. producer. I'm I'm just a person with an opinion. Uh, they should have got Lena Headley to rep- from uh you know Cersei from Game of Thrones, and she yeah. was of course she was Sarah Connor right. in the Sarah Connor Chronicles because mm. you look at her and you see a badass motherfucker. Yeah, you don't you know she she I portrays you know I it's see like power. <laughs> it's not like, I see a badass mother. Crap from nobody. <laughs> you know, and again, I'm not saying nope. that Amelia Clark is not a bad actress, but she is not. She doesn't. I don't see. They cast her simply for her name. I want to say. I mean, again, for her I, I, boobs. Yeah, I mean, because she, she's. I mean, of course, she's gorgeous, but she's she, okay. In in this film, they rewrite the entire timeline. So basically, hmm. she's been training with the Terminator since she was like ten years old. Yep. Yet she, if you see the trailer, she looks like she she's never lifted a weight in her life. Yeah. She like is ho- like you can see her like forcibly having to hold the, the heavy weapons up in the film. Like I mean, I'm not that's not a dig to her, but that's Sarah Connor is a warrior. That character is a warrior. That's you know Charlize Theron from Fairy Road should have been yeah. Sarah Connor. You know that's Sarah Connor is one of the greatest female characters in cinema history. I would say one of the few above her in action cinema history, I should say. You know, the only one that holds a candle to Sarah Connor is Ellen Ripley. And now Furiosa, as far as I'm concerned, because that's one badass <laughs> motherfucker. You know, and, uh, you know, not se- any sexist, I mean, the sex of the character has nothing to do with it. It's just, she did not fit this character at all. Because you have uh, Linda Hamilton in one, two, and she was dead in three. Uh, but, if you look at her from one and, and then part two, she became a fucking badass between those yeah. movies. Like the she character had obviously did. been it working fit. out and like, you know, you looked were like she of could her. kick someone's ass. Looked like she was the part, you know. Amelia Clark does nothing but make eyes at Jai Courtney the whole movie yeah. and say stupid jokes, stupid, like terrible one-liners. Uh, Jason Clark, the guy from Rise of the Planet of the Apes, he plays John Connor in this. I, I think he's a good actor. He's like, as far as acting wise, I'd say he's the best in the film because Arnold is Arnold is the Terminator, and that's a whole another sport, so to speak. But uh, very disappointed in like I was hoping the story would be better than what the trailer hinted at, but no, the trailer is the story, and they tra- this is basically a reboot, and it's throwing the entire previous four previous movies like no, this is different now. Timeline's totally different. They and tried to Star Trek it basically, and they failed miserably. And they're and uh, the thing is they're supposed to be making two more, yeah. Because uh, the rights go back to James Cameron, I think, in 2019. So they're trying to rush out another trilogy, or you know, this being the first of it before the rights go back to James Cameron. Wow. Which of course he ain't gonna make it in the movie. He's making Avatar for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, but you know, is I had a again I had a smile on my face the entire time. It's not an unenjoyable movie. Yeah, it's but definitely entertaining, but it's purely entertaining. Yeah. I mean, honestly, again. We grew up on Terminator 1, and then T2 was one of the most defining movies ever. You know, it's Jurassic Park, Terminator 2. There's, it's, it's in its own league of, I mean, that, it was a phenomenon. <laughs> Terminator 2 was probably, honest, I don't know my history as far as, like, toys go, but I think Terminator 2 might have been, like, for lack of a better word, the genesis of the toys being, R-rated movie toys being directed to kids. Because I remember Terminator 2 had toys. My brother had one of the coolest toys ever. It was a, uh, it was called it was something Indo Flesh Lab, where it had the little uh, endoskeletons, the terminate, you know, the robotic mm-hmm. skeletons of the Terminator, and it had a mold, and you put it in the mold, 
and you fill this, you make, you mix this stuff up, and you push it, and it fills the mold up, and then it was a human. So like, <laughs> and the stupid thing is, it was a totally naked, flesh-colored dude. But the thing, the thing was, once it dries, it wasn't, a, it wasn't anatomically correct to get your mind out of the gutter. But once it dried, you could like rip the skin off and reveal the Terminator underneath. That was the whole. But you can make it anatomically correct, right? If you, if, <laughs> as a kid, that never crossed my mind. So, but. I mean, it Just was, get like a Play-Doh worm yeah. <laughs> and like attach it. Wow. It's, it's rare when I'm the most mature person on the microphone. <laughs> but no, anyway. That sounds like a gross toy. But no, what I'm getting at was is... Was it messy? I mean, I mean, you, it could be, but I mean, we never made a mess with it. Ew. Because like even Masters, of, even Masters of the Universe Ow. had like, you know, the, the toy, like they had a slime pit toy where like you put a good hero in it and it had a little thing of it and you buy the slime in the container and you put it in the top and it would dump it on the, like, oh no! Skeletor sliming E-Man. Ew. I know, that, was, that was one of the few Masters <laughs> of the Universe toys I never Ew. had because I don't want to put slime on my figures. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the Terminator one I'm talking about, that was, it was like a plate. It was basically an easy-bake oven for kids, for, for dudes, for boys. Because you would make... Boys you, you, couldn't play with easy-bake ovens? Back in the 80s, It wasn't no. allowed. No, not, not at that time. No, it was not allowed. That is... Nope. Mm. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we were sent to the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were sent beyond the no, Thunderdome beyond, to live no. with the Thunderdome Lost was, Boys. Thunderdome was yeah. Walmart because it'd be like, you'd want two toys, and mom would be like, nope, pick one. Two toys into one toy, leave. Yeah. And then that was the one good thing about a younger sibling. Hey, you get this one because this one's really cool, and I'm going to get this one because it's really cool, and then we can play together with them. Okay, okay. We get home, hey, I'll trade you this old toy for that new one you just bought. I'm cool. Yeah, <laughs> I got a few toys. Must be nice to be a rich kid who got toys every time they went to Walmart. Yeah. Don't. No, hey, <laughs> I was poor. So. Nope. Every now, not every time, but you know, every now and then we, you know, get a nice new Ninja Turtle. Must be nice to get new toys. Uh, see, that's <laughs> no. Because you said I was living in the country. No, you're the one that was chasing chickens and all that at that age. No, that was only at my grandparents' house. We lived in Baton Rouge. My grandparents lived in Grove State. Mm, ugly head. Hate. It doesn't mean ugly head. It means I, big head. Gross. Means big, ugly, sick, disgusting. No. <sighs> just fucking with you, Autumn. Just calm down. Just take it back a step. Right. Let's just bring it back. Let's just take it down. Anyway, which oh yeah, but uh, no. My point was. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. No, my point. What I was no, getting. No, T E. Yeah. No. Tet. Tet. Well, they're not gonna. Dutch. But anyway, what I was getting at was uh, Terminator Two. You were rich, and we were. No, that's not. And I wasn't rich. Sure, I had the G.I. Joe aircraft yes, carrier, but that was a Christmas it. present. We get it. You were spoiled rich. Uh-huh. <laughs> Must be nice to know Santa Claus was coming every year. <laughs> you probably got money for your teeth, didn't you? Uh, Jesse, you probably got a, just so you know, uh, you I, was, I was taking my you? wife to the melting pot tomorrow <laughs> night, but she's an ungrateful little bastard. Oh, so yeah. if you'd like to go to the melting pot tomorrow night, you know, you just yeah. come hang out with See, me, Perry I Crystal. knew it was you calling him babe. <laughs> uh, that, that has to rear its, that lame joke has to rear its head in every episode now, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, what I was trying to say. You got an allowance, didn't you? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> did, did you get an allowance? Not that age, no. I didn't get an allowance. You must be nice to have gotten an allowance. I didn't until I was like much older than that age. I didn't get an allowance. Like 15, not, not 15, you know, maybe like I when I was in my teens is when I started getting an allowance. Probably. Must, must be nice. Yeah, five bucks a fucking week. That was, oh, <laughs> wow. Let me tell you what that bought. 
a comic book and a stick of like fucking gum. Dollar menu five days a week. Uh, they didn't like have a d- good parents. Uh, no, <laughs> in, in, they didn't have a McDonald's and Walker uh, into it. So back your ass up and shut your oh, mouth. They didn't see. have a value menu then. I don't think so either. Yeah, that was pretty late in the game. Actually, everything was kind of under a buck back then. Uh, yeah, but, or, to be fair, it wasn't called a value. I could have gotten you three Happy Meals go for five to bucks. Taco Bell and get two soft tacos for a dollar. No, I don't think Taco Bells were. Around. <laughs> I don't know yeah. when they came out. But anyway, the what 80? I was Jesus Christ. <laughs> What I was trying to say before this episode runs three hours is that Terminator 2 was such a huge film that it was everywhere. Yeah. I remember going into Walmart and getting a t-shirt with the uh, T-800 on it. I mean, they had toys, uh, you know, rides at Universal Studios eventually, you know, specials on TV. It was a huge cultural deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one shits all over that, so <laughs> fuck you, Terminator Genesis. Hmm. Again, go see it. You're gonna have. You're gonna enjoy yourself. But the the best thing I can say to a fan of the series to prepare yourself is just don't look at it as part of the Terminator franchise. Just yeah. look at it as, as a almost like a callback to you know the fun parts of the original. There's no drama in this. There are, there are more like plot holes in this film Thursday. than the entire original uh, quadrilogy. Uh, yeah, it's just that it, I'd give it like a four. It's what? That's supposed to be like that's like one of the high end toys. Uh, face, yeah. Go yeah. first. <laughs> mhm. It's accurate though. <laughs> yeah, I definitely remember him not having a mouth. <laughs> but uh, and also if you've seen the trailer for it, it's that's pretty much the entire story for you right there. Yep. Basically, they pretty much line it all out, and they yeah, it just it's not good. Like <laughs> I, I I can't say it enough. I want to but see this movie. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Mercury, Arnold from Terminator 1, Michael Jackson from Beat It, and Marty McFly from uh, Part 2. Yes. The, fan- the new Fantastic Four. <laughs> I'd see it. Freddie Mercury has his vocal powers that yeah. you know, like stuns mm-hmm. enemies like Banshee. Arnold, right. of course, is like the muscle. He's the Terminator. Michael Jackson is like agility with his dance moves. He's and Marty McFly is just the... The brains. Johnny Flynn. I guess he'd have to be the brains. Yeah, because with his life preserver and yeah, that, okay, let's say no, that, that's part one. Excuse me, not part two. I thought it was a hoverboard at first. It's part one. Oh, Marty it McFly. did look like the hoverboard, but it's yeah, not, yeah. it's just a it's platform. Just a standard one. So it's just regular, original Marty McFly. Mm. <laughs> yep, that'd be pretty that's awesome. Pictures on the internet. Woo! Yeah, new segment. Let's do some more <laughs> Amazon shopping. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Welcome to Amazon Talks. Yeah, I need uh, some shoes. Today oh, yeah. we're gonna look at Fuck shoes. Yeah. Autumn Fuck wants to yeah. talk to some shoes. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at item number 374. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> anyway. Your accent's uh, what ruined it. <laughs> my Linda Richmond is no, not good enough for you? Nope. Okay, nothing's ever good enough for you, apparently. That's right. So you can get Thunderdome on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, if you go to awesomepods.com, yeah. click on the Amazon link, you get Thunderdome for six ninety nine on Blu-ray. A, a steal. Although, I'm willing to bet... Prime, too. Uh, they do have DVD double features of Road Warrior and Thunderdome, but I guarantee you when Fury Road hits on Blu-ray, they'll probably have like a, a full pack, a full pack oh. which yeah. is worth it, I'd say, you know, as long as it's not, you know, stupidly overpriced, which I'm sure it probably wouldn't be. Because I, in fact, have already pre-ordered the Blu-ray of Fury Road and it was like 22. Nice. So can't wait to watch it again in high def. Uh, and, of course, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, we also mentioned, real quick before we leave, the Mad Max films, Best to Worst. Which I don't think there's a worse one technically. I think they're all pretty good. But what would you say the best one is on them? Um, or your your favorite? Your favorite. So I like Fury Road a lot. Mm-hmm. And then Mad Max Two. 
Mm-hmm. Then Thunderdome. And then Mad Max. Really? And Thunderdome's the Thunder worst? Dome. Yeah. You slept through like all of the original Mad Max. You only slept through half of Thunderdome. So yeah, wouldn't it have less yeah. Zs? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're, I'm not saying you're don't wrong. Don't ask me I'm to stick saying. to parameters. I just make this shit up. No, and I would say, you know, Fury Road is so amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's definitely my favorite. It's... it's, it's It was the most entertaining to watch, and I like the story, and Charlize Theron was awesome. Not to discount Tom Hardy as Mad Max. And, like, girl power and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, because it's such a feminist movie. Bullshit. That's just a movie what? that has a strong female character that doesn't make it feminist. Yes, it does. That's exactly what makes Every, it feminist. Most movies have strong female, char- female characters. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I would ar- argue that most of them do. They don't. Uh, Prometheus. There's one. <laughs> uh, Terminator Genesis. There's two. <laughs> no. No. Mm-hmm. T2. Sure, that was feminist. I'm just, I'm just trying to get you out up. That's all. <laughs> That's just, just, let's just take it back. I'm just trying to get you out up. You just don't know what that word means. I do. I, like I just said, I was trying to get you out up to have an entertaining discussion. I'll but punch apparently, you. Because I'm a feminist. Y- you. Really? Yeah. So what does that have to do with feminism? Punching men? <laughs> mm-hmm. See, so no. do you know what feminism is? I do. I no, just want to hit you. <laughs> obviously. No, but anyway, I would definitely agree. I mean, as awesome as The Road Warrior is, Fury Road, just to me, like, yeah. I, like I've said, I think, last weekend before when we first, I first mentioned how I had seen it before you had seen it, mm-hmm. it's the best action movie since Terminator 2, in my opinion. And uh, like we just talked about how the impact of Terminator 2, uh, it's just amazing seeing a movie, uh, a current movie, with, you know, there's CG in it, but it's spar- sparingly used for yeah. such an action movie with such amazing sequences, makeup effects. Emote and Joe is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's it's just awesome. So I definitely would I would agree with that, except I would say I like Thunderdome better than the original. Maybe the original would be, be my the last Halloween one. costume. <laughs> it's so funny because we, ta- <laughs> we were literally talking about that last night about what to, like, because we still haven't decided either. Mm-hmm. And because uh, she's like, oh, yeah, Furiosa. I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome, but I really... Like making a robotic arm, right. like like that. Yeah. That's like I probably could do it. It looked like shit though. And she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Jesse could do it." And like, oh, no, no, it was like, well, then, <laughs> like she's like, "Oh, you could be Max." Like I just, I'm like, I just don't want to wear a metal like a leather jacket and have to tell people who I am because it's not like I don't look anything like Mel Gibson. I'm not that attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, Moat and Joe, that'd be great. And then like, yeah, uh, the missing sleeve. Might work. That's a whole other story to try <laughs> to make it a Moat and Joe yeah. costume. But it's Cause, okay because I know who I'm gonna be now. Yeah, you do. I'd tell you, but I Stay can't. tuned for October for Halloween Horror Month to find out that. I reckon. I'll give you a hint. It's a character that is in, from a movie from the podcast. Yeah. That we've done. So if she, if she sticks with it. But we'll see. And I'll give you another hint. It was not one of the characters from the 100 character showdown battle. Correct. And so. it is sci fi. Okay. Do you want to, you want to just tell them? Because no. like, I was given a. No. But anyway, for anybody that cares, I'm not going to say names place or guess. genders or anything like that. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this little trip down Fury Lane Fury as we Lane. reviewed God, Fury funny. Road. <sighs> you know, I try to like have some you know dumb wit. I can't even get away with that with my wife. I just don't find that funny. It was meant to be like <laughs> ha, funny. and then that's it. Yeah. It wasn't meant to like. Oh my God, you're so funny because I'm not. It's just I don't know. No, you can be funny. That's just not funny. <sighs> we get it. <laughs> We get it. <laughs> this is funny. Say goodbye, Autumn. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but anyway, of course, Awesome Pods, uh, AsiaVisit at gmail.com, excuse me, Awesome Pods on Facebook, Twitter, and .com. Click our Amazon link before you buy any of these movies. Small kickback comes to the show, costs you nothing extra. 
what else? Oh, yeah. Awesome Podcast Network. There are other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network. Check all those out for your own dose of nostalgia. And speaking of nostalgia, check out our friends James and John over at Now Versus Nostalgia. Good friends of ours and uh, former guests of the podcast. Don't forget your jacket. forgot to say that last week. Uh, <laughs> but we are, you know, for... Of course, I, I talk to John all the time uh, via text and Facebook and stuff. We are trying to work out something to do another, you know, kind of... Uh, crossover. Cross, yeah, exactly. A comic book action-packed crossover. To get we, the know, jacket back special? Yes. <laughs> You're you know, going to have to record in, that and put it in on In traditional YouTube. comic book fashion, he'll, you know, he'll see that we have his jacket and him and James will attack us thinking we're villains because we have his jacket. But then we, mm. we battle for a couple of pages, you know, and then, like, we both realize, like, neither of us is the villain. We should team up and talk about, you know... And then I come in and kill everyone. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, <laughs> feminism. Yeah, <laughs> according to Autumn. But yeah, anyway. So stay t- uh, next week, everybody. Uh, we might have a movie. If not, we don't have one picked out by then. We'll be doing the top ten films of 1981. Otherwise, we'll be doing. So always else. Young Einstein. Yeah, I want to see if I can find that without having to buy it first. I'm sure you can. I'm not buying it. So probably on YouTube. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. no, that's a good point. You're probably yeah. true. You're, you're probably right. The full, whole film on YouTube. But anyway, everybody, stay cool, drive safely, and remember, two men will always enter, but one will always leave. No, that, that, no fuck that. That was stupid. Just <laughs> goodbye, everybody. I'm Trey Harris. Autumn. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. Pods.